Good morning, good morning, and Merry Christmas in advance to all of you. Welcome. It's good to have you here. So we have this morning service, and we have an evening service tonight at 6 o'clock. The 6 o'clock service is that casual one where we kind of just gather around the piano as a church family and just enjoy. We've got uh, several specials that we're going to get to hear and some scripture reading, and so it's just, a, it's just one of those times, so you're invited to that as well tonight if you're available. Let's see, what else do I have that's up there before I go on? Guests, if you're visiting for the first time, you stop by the Welcome Center, which we don't have set up out there. We'll uh, still welcome you anyway, and we've got a guest, uh, a guest packet to give to you. And we wanna, If you're welcome, joining us online for the first time, if you'll use that QR code to let us know you're out there, that's always a blessing to us. I already mentioned the Christmas Eve service tonight. Uh, you know that there's no Sunday school. You guys did a good job. I didn't see anybody show up for Sunday school this morning. Uh, so I was impressed. Good for you. IFBF men's meeting is coming up on Saturday, January the 13th. We'll leave here at 730. If you want to go, please uh, see me or Pastor Brett. Let us know that you're coming so we just know how to plan for arrivals. Missions conference is coming up. Let God Arise is the theme this year. That's January 19th, 20th, and 21st. That's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can see what the schedule is up there. Men's prayer breakfast, ladies brunch uh, on Saturday, then the international dinner. So we're going to just feed you like crazy on Saturday. Uh, and it's just a great time, so make plans for that. We'll talk about that a little more uh, next Sunday. And then a friendly reminder to check your boxes so that they don't overrun with Christmas cards. I also have are any of these things up there on that. So um, for this is there are books out there for all of the kids who are zero to three years of age. You're welcome to pick up one of these books for your families. Uh, it's Christmas in the Manger, and it's just what it sounds like. It's a book for you to read. Uh, then there's another book for ages 4 to 10 uh, out there on the table, and it's called Christmas Comes to Wisdom Woods. You might recognize a name at the bottom, uh, because I doubt that you know very many Hakamas, uh, but Caleb's mother wrote this book, and so uh, our, he was one of our interns a few years back, and then he and his wife came and stayed here with us for a few years, so uh, if you would avail uh, yourself of that. Then there's, uh, from Melody and I, there's candy canes and pens out there. And you're welcome to take one of each, uh, adults for the pens, if you would, please. But uh, anyway, just take those, and they're there just as a, as a uh, thank you and a blessing from Melody and I. Uh, I have a note here to read for you, dear church family. We are so blessed by all of you, and I'm sure I'm speaking for David and for Pastor Brett when we say thank you for your Christmas gifts. They're just very nice. We just want you to know, Melody and I, want you to know that we used uh, the money to purchase a new gas range and a microwave for our home. And uh, so one day we'll have you over to look at those. They're not installed yet, but hey, they'll get there. Missionaries of the week are David and Emily in undisclosed location. So if you would pray for our missionaries. And then while we're considering our missionaries, I forgot to mention to you that um, uh, Brother Barney passed away this week on Thursday, I believe it was. Uh, Miss Jan is doing well. Uh, in fact, when she received the news, I was there and, and uh, I, I had just I had gotten there the nurse stopped me and said he just passed, and, and uh, so anyway, um, so they gave her the news, and she said, praise the Lord, this is what they've been praying for, the Lord just take him home, he's been suffering, and he's no longer suffering, so uh, they're going to uh, get past the holidays and do a memorial service uh, for him on Thursday, the 4th of January, so uh, you can make some plans for that if you'd like to be a part of those things. And with that in mind, we have several of our church families that are um, missing loved ones for the first time this year at Christmas. We think, of course, of the Klingemans immediately and Barney here and Miss Nancy and just 
others that are just struggling. And so as we're going through things, just remember, um, pray for them. All right, let's have the men come. We'll take up the morning offering and um, encourage you to give deeply. If you are doing a special tonight, uh, I have the list of specials and where you fit in. If you'll see me uh, sometime this morning, we can give those to you if you don't want to be surprised tonight. All right. But Matt, would you ask God's blessing on the offering upon our church families and upon our missionaries uh, in the undisclosed location?
Eve, we're going to sing some classic Christmas songs today, plus a new hymn of the month, which is not new, but an old hymn of the month, which is our new hymn of the day, all right? So we're going to start by singing three verses of Joy to the World. Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Romans, chapter 9, beginning in verse 24. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid, for he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Thou wilt say then to me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath resisted his will? Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power? over the clay, of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared unto glory, even us, whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles? May the Lord prosper his word, whereto he sent it. You may be seated.
Thank you, David and Nathan. For those who don't know, that's Nate. He uh, goes to our church, if you were wondering. Um, but uh, he was at our house, and I didn't know he played any instruments, and I have a guitar that I can't play that's sitting there, like probably most of you in here. And uh, he sat down and started playing it really well. And so I was like, okay. And I talked to David, and he was like, I've got a duet we could do. I'm like, wow, perfect. They were going to play tonight, but they're not going to be here tonight, so we moved it to this morning. So that was a blessing. They, they said they might do a trio next time with me, but I told them all that I'd be able to do is They'd have to teach me a chord, and I could strum it at the end. That'd be about it. But uh, they didn't think that was such a good idea, so I'm going to sit back there and let them play. But that was, that was beautiful. Thank you, guys. All right, you can remain seated as we sing. Angels we have heard on high will sing three verses of this. next song. We'll sing three verses of O Holy Night. i 
of this one. This was a hymn of the month about three years ago, and uh, you may not recognize it. If you don't recognize it, and you can sight read, then read the music on the first verse. If not, join us on the second as we sing all four verses of Gloria Deo. Gloria Deo, the Savior is come, born to a virgin of God's holy son. David, the waiter, Gloria Deus in 
Jesus, so bruised, crushed the serpent's head. See the low woman, redeemer of men. Vanquishes Satan, we sing out again. Glorious, glorious, shout of his birth. God the Creator descends to the earth. Born a squalor to cleanse us from sin. Glory to God for the Savior of men. Glory to God for the Savior of men. On that last. Glory a day of the sinner may live. Joyous the new heaven's messengers give. Peace to the fallen, but favor Christ brings. Glory to God, let the church loudly sing. Glory a glorious shout of his birth. God the Creator descends to the earth, born the Father to cleanse us from sin. Glory to God for the Savior of men. Glory to God for the Savior of men. Great singing. You may be seated. Sleeping at night. 
Man, thank you, ladies. So Miss Mary is uh, going to lead the uh, children's church on out at this time. She needed to be in here to play that for Miss Rachel. So if you're in children's church and you want to be dismissed to children's church, now is the time you may go to children's church. The rest of us are going to turn to Luke, the second chapter. Very familiar passage of scripture that you're already uh, probably read, maybe already a couple times this year. Uh, we're going to look at it again, and we'll look at it, we'll have it read again tonight, uh, just as, because it's the Christmas story. But I want to look at a phrase that's in, this, uh, in Luke chapter 2 as we consider the Christmas story. It's, um, the Christmas story is, that song is just powerful by itself, that's not the message, but uh, you know, when you think, as Mary is holding this little baby, this little baby is still Adonai, which means what? Lord. He's still Lord. He's the God of heaven. He's just in infant form. And that, that is just unfathomable. In fact, I'm going to tell you that there are some people on the planet, there's a whole religion out there that rejects the idea that God could take upon himself human form. That's, what the, that's the problem they have with Christianity, that uh, God would ever take upon himself human form. But... You know, if you read through your Old Testament and focus on the book of Ruth and that kinsman-redeemer concept, uh, he, he literally had to take upon himself human form to become our Savior. And uh, so, uh, what a joy it is. But this message that, of the Christmas story uh, is a message to all men. And uh, I'm going to focus on that one phrase, and then we'll... Uh, we'll give you the rest of it as we look at the message. Verse 10 of Luke chapter 2 says this, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to who? All people. I want you to think about this for a moment. If this is great joy to all people, If these tidings are great joy to all people, then doesn't it make sense that the message bringing joy to all people is because the gospel is available to all people? If half the world is 
is condemned by God ahead of time, then this is not a great joy message. This is the absolute condemnation for half of the known world or better, right? It is that the gospel is open to everyone. We're going to look at the concept of all people as we look at the Christmas story. Father, thank you for the opportunity to celebrate the coming of your son to this world to become the savior of the world. May we as a body of believers, may we remember the reason for the season. May we not just get caught up in the, the frivolity and, and the joy of those things and forget what it is we're celebrating. And God, may we embrace the all men, all people concept of the message that is given. And we'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. It's going to end up with the angel saying, you know, this is a message of great joy to everyone on the earth. But it starts out in verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, <clears throat> everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary as a spouse's wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. I want to start right here. All right, there's an all-people message throughout this, throughout this uh, story of Christmas. And one of the things that we see, uh, even, even here in this little phrase, there's no room for him in the end, is that while God is making available the gospel to everyone, to all people. God forces himself on no one. But he allows mankind to make a choice. Whether or not there is room for Jesus, quite honestly, is totally up to us. Now, I know that that's not the message that's spoken of here. It's just simply saying there's no room in the inn. He's saying literally, though, that the owner of the inn did make a choice. Do you understand? He could have said, it's not convenient, this isn't going to work out really well, but I do not want the Savior of the world to be born someplace else, come on in. He could have done that, he just didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't convenient for him. We're, we're reminded of another person that found the message of Christ not so convenient. And he said to the Apostle Paul, come back at a more convenient time. It was not so convenient. And the reality is we have a God who will let us make a choice. Is there room for Christ in our celebration? Even, by the way, as Christians, as we're celebrating the holiday, are we going to make room for Jesus in our celebration? Uh, you know, we, um, <clears throat> we, got to, we had my family's Christmas, not yesterday, but a week ago yesterday. And so... Uh, we're getting together and all of a sudden somebody comes up and says, we need to do the gift exchange because I have someplace else I need to be. So all of a sudden there's this pressure for us to forego what we would normally do. And so they're coming to me to say this and I have a choice to make. 
am I going to take the convenient route? Okay, they need to leave, so let's open gifts because that's the important thing. Or do we do what we would normally do? Because here's what we normally do. We sit around and we sing four or five or six or seven or ten Christmas songs. And then one of the little kids gets up with a Bible and stutters themselves through the Christmas story. And then we pray, no, then we sing happy birthday to Jesus. And then we pray, and then we open gifts. And it's totally our choice. You understand? As a family, it's our choice. What are we going to do? There's pressure. Somebody needs to go. Somebody needs to get someplace. And I know it's the holidays. It's tough for everybody. And our schedules are crazy. But God will allow us to make some choices, Christians, whether or not we're going to make room for Jesus this year. The message is to everyone. And the message is one that will bring joy to everyone, potentially, right? This is good tidings of great joy to all people. This is potentially brings, I mean, think about this. The potential is that the entire world falls on its knees to trust Christ as their Savior. Now, folks, one of these days, the entire world is going to fall on its knees. But God allows us to choose on that timing. You see, one day, whether we like it or not, one day everyone, even people who have rejected Jesus, will fall on their knees and proclaim that he is Lord. That's what the Bible says. We're going to be faced with that reality. But is there room for Jesus? Is there room for Jesus in our celebrations? And listen... We, you know, we used to be a nation where the nation made room for Jesus. Remember those things? Read your history book, and most of, many of you, probably I would say most of you here, are part of that history where you can remember when the nation made room for Jesus. There used to be presidential proclamations about prayer. You know, there used to be, I mean, it was a big deal, but we've now become a people. As a, as a society that doesn't find it easy to make room for Jesus. So, but this is a great message. The message is to everybody, to all people. It's a possible, a possible joyous message to everyone. It says in verse 8, And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. To lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, a glory load turned around about them. And they were, look what it says, they were what? Sore afraid. That means they were very afraid. They were, they were scared half out of their wits. Why do you think? Now, if an angel appeared to you, you might think, why would I be afraid of an angel? I mean, think about that for a moment. This is a messenger of God appears to you, and yet it seems like 100% of the time in the Scripture, every time it happens, people are afraid. Have you ever noticed that? Almost every time it happens, even people who are godly people, they, they meet a messenger of God, and there's this fear. What do you think the fear is? Reverence, maybe? Power. It's awesome power. It's, whew, it's, it's beyond our ability to understand. It may be a fear of accountability, right? It's like, uh-oh, is it, is it time for me to give an account? Am I ready for that? I don't know. It could be fear of the judgment. It could be fear of the reality that there is a God with whom I have to deal, and I haven't been dealing with that God very well. And all, but here's, here's what the Bible goes on to say. I love verse 10. Look what the Bible says. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. Hey, listen. Jesus coming. There's an old, um, there's an old poem. 
I, this is not in my notes, and so it's just popping in my head. But there's an old poem about Jesus coming to your house. Remember that? If Jesus came to your house to spend a day or two, if he came unexpectedly, I wonder what you'd do. Oh, I know you'd give your nicest room to such an honored guest, and all the food you'd serve to him would be the very best. You would keep assuring him you're glad to have him there, that serving him in your own house is joy beyond compare. But when you saw him come in, would you meet him at the door with arms outstretched and welcome to your heavenly visitor? Or would you have to change your clothes before you let him in? Or hide a magazine for the Bible where they'd been? Would you turn the music off and hope he hadn't heard and wish you hadn't uttered that last loud, hasty word? You get the idea? The coming of Jesus ought to be great joy. But even for us as Christians, sometimes the coming of Jesus brings about fear. But the angel wanted to put to rest this. Jesus did not come to this world to condemn the world, John chapter 3 tells us. But to save the world, that's why he's come. And that message is a message of great joy. And that message is to all people because he didn't come just for a few. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And he comes to, to pay the sin debt of the world. And the angel says, don't be afraid of this. This is not something to fear. And then he goes on to utter the statement that we've been talking about. Because, lo, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And here is the good tidings. Listen to up. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. This is the Christmas message. Is there room for this Savior in what we're doing have we forgotten to include Jesus in his birthday celebration? Are we individually making room for the Savior in our hearts? Are we allowing him to do what he's come to do, to be the Savior of the world, to forgive us of our sin debt? And this should be a sign, verse 12, unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now that's the part to me is where faith steps in in a great way. If an angel appeared to you and said, the Savior's coming, would you expect to go find a little baby? And yet, that's what, that's what this is all about, right? And suddenly, there were, if, those, if those shepherds were afraid before, suddenly, the Bible says, there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising. I wonder what that must have sounded like. What does a multitude of angelic voices sound like that are praising God? I, I, I really don't have any idea how this works. I don't. I, I'm just being honest with you. Was it just the shepherds that heard? Or did Bethlehem and Jerusalem and the rest of Judea hear a... Was that a... Was that thunder? I mean, I have no idea. I, I don't know how this works. Here's what the Bible says. There's a multitude of angels praising God all at the same time. And I just can't, I, I, I want to I one day be able to experience what that's like. And here's what they're saying. Glory to God in the highest. And look what the message is. This is why they should not fear. This is the good tidings to all men. There is a Savior. And you know what that Savior brings? 
and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. He did not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He did not come to bring judgment. He has come to bring salvation. This celebration that we have of Christ's birth is all about the Savior coming to the world. And it is good tidings of great joy. Let's not get so caught up in the joy that we forget the tidings. A Savior is born. A Savior who will save all people. Whoever it is that will believe on Him. Whoever it is that will trust Him. He doesn't force Himself on you but he has come to bring peace. And what a great celebration. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. How do we avail ourselves of that, Pastor John? The Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. The Bible says, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what the Bible teaches us. This message, this good tidings of great joy, is because God has opened up a path to salvation. And that path is not beyond the reach of every human being on the earth. It's to all people. Because we don't have to pay millions of dollars, and we don't have to suffer uh, untold pains, and we don't have to do extremely good deeds. We have to trust the Savior of the world. That's how we avail ourselves of it. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is good time to great joy. You say, Pastor John, I know I'm a Christian, I know I'm saved, I know I'm on my way to heaven. If I died today, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, Pastor, I know I'm on my way to heaven. I'd be joining Barney and all the other people that are already there. Pastor, as I'm certain of that. As testimony to that, would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can rejoice with you? Thank you, thank you. Hands across the place, thank you. I couldn't see every hand. Maybe there's someone here who say, Pastor John, the truth is, I have not ever, that I can remember, made room for Jesus. I hear the good tidings, the good news, that's for everyone. But the reality is, Pastor, I've not opened up my heart to him. I've not put my faith and confidence in his death on the cross as the payment for my sins. And I'm not certain, Pastor, if I died today that I would go to heaven. I'm concerned about my soul, about where I would spend eternity. Pastor, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up and let me see that so I can pray for you? Is there anyone here like that this morning? Father, I thank you for your son, for the rejoicing that takes place during this season, for the wonderful message of salvation that it brings. And God, I pray that you would help us to find confidence in that message. That you would help us to, to know it, to be the glad tidings that it is and to share it with all people, all of our families, all of our friends, to use this celebration as a reason to share the gospel.
there's anyone here that does not know your son, may today they know how desperately you love them and desire to give them this wonderful gift of eternal life. And Father, we will thank and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing together. Take my life and let it be. The altar's open to you, Christian. Maybe you just need to make room for Jesus in your celebrations. Whatever it might happen to be, as we uh, sing this together, let it be from your heart uh, as we sing together. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Amen. You may look this way. I appreciate your kind attention. What, what a joyous message. Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do, right? Reading through that Christmas story. Get to that place. Good tidings great joy, all people. Share it with your family yet again. Say, Pastor, you don't understand, everybody in my family has already trusted Jesus. Well, you remember that old song that says, for those who know it best are hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. It never gets old. It never gets old for those of us who know it. So just share it anyway. Because you never know when someone might need to hear good tidings of great joy. Don't be afraid of it, all right? Anything else I'm supposed to be announcing? There are, uh, there's a photo opportunity for you out there. That's what those big boxes are set up so that you can stand your families in front of them or seat your families. There's a bench there if you want. And uh, take pictures. Uh, there's candy canes and pens on your way out. Make sure that uh, you grab one of those. Uh, I don't want to eat all those myself. Uh, there's books for the little ones. Make sure you grab those on your way out. And uh, hug a neck on your way out, all right? Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, give you peace. Merry Christmas, all of you. God bless you. See you tonight at 6 if you're available. Mm-hmm.